Blog Talk Radio.
A lot of folks don't folks radio. They call in and email in throughout our show. Be ready. Be calling in. I have a couple of emails coming already for some of our listeners. For the first time, last Yes. Question I have. I know your background. You are so educated. So where did you go to school and see? Okay, so um, I'm one of those lifelong learners. So I graduated from high school, from Homestead Senior High School. Mm-hmm. Then I moved on to earn my associate of arts degree in pre-law <laughs> from Miami-Dade College. And I can fast forward and say that I earned several degrees from FIU and Florida Memorial University. Yes. Wow. In the midst of that, you were also a mom. Okay. So for um, most of my college experience, um, I was either pregnant, <laughs> already had kids, or still having kids. Um, my first son was born um, during my AA experience at Miami Day College. I mm-hmm. had Kelly at 21 years old. It posed a small challenge because um, I had no car, so I was catching the bus not only to drop him off to daycare but to study the course to attend college. And then FIU, I had a pause in having kids, but while I was at Florida Memorial University, I was actually pregnant with Shiloh too. Wow. <laughs> this is amazing. Conversation. Absolutely. Um, as you said, there have been uh, many people in my life. Uh, I think that without those people caring about others, including myself, nothing would have been possible. Of course, God first, but people, yeah, <laughs> I'm so grateful. Absolutely. And you an attorney. I remember that. <laughs> Okay, so um, I'm thinking back. Hmm. So at FIU, when I first met you, it was through, mm-hmm. hopefully she's listening, Erica Hardy. Um, yes. She opened that door to um, the opportunity to get to know you and my student government family at FIU. Um, I adopted you, or you adopted me. I don't know how it went. But I automatically became your sister. The trust was there. Um, it was a bond. I always wanted an older brother, and not by age, of course, but just um, your level of intelligence. So I was so happy to be in your company. Thank you so much. You know, I remember very distinctly. Really, very, very small. Had some have made excuses, Lisha. And truly, I see everything you 
many people in our profession who are dealing with a lot of stuff, personal stuff, special stuff, all kinds of reasons. So life happens. Um, mm-hmm. We cannot control everything that life throws at us. So my advice to anyone who encounter obstacles, you use it as a, a life lesson, mm-hmm. and you don't use it to like um, put walls up or put more challenges in your way. I think it should be used to become more determined to achieve and accomplish what people will call the impossible. Um, Like for me, my mom is disabled. um, So she has been that way since I was two years old. My dad died when I was eight years old. So with all the statistics behind me, there was no way I was supposed to even possibly get to Miami Day College. And then having a baby at somewhat a young age, that was another factor that could have just said give up on life, settle for whatever comes my way. But I think that's the wrong attitude to ever have. You have to have faith in yourself. You have to love yourself. And then other people will love you too and and will just be willing to give you almost anything because they know that you care about not yourself, but hopefully paying it forward later to bring others with you. So I just think that these moments in life, even though they may be said that, they should be motivations to achieve whatever the heart desires. I think, you know, I think even I was my own and even I and as long as we still be the only option we had was sitting in a classroom, traditional face to face. There are now other options. And you've seen those changes. They're now part of your children's life as well. And so I think it's important that we can bring it at all in terms of we're able to move forward and make more than we learn the work as a process. So I really agree with what you're saying. A couple questions about your behavior and what do you do in your free time? Okay, so there are some several parts to the questions you just posed. So I'm going to try to address them all. Okay. So as a classroom teacher, um, my my first priority is to my students. So I make sure that I give them the best of me every day that I'm able to. But I also feel compelled to be engaged in the greater communication of um, education. So I am heavily involved in United Teachers of Dade. I I Mm -hmm. deliver professional development to other teachers. I I attend conferences once in a while. I try annually, but I am a mom and a wife too. So sometimes that I'm a little limited in what I can do. But I think that if you want to grow as a person, you cannot stay in the classroom and just teach from a textbook and that the 
that kids will get it, that they have some automatic connection based on a textbook. No, that's not how it works. So if you get involved in like local, um, um, like communities, such as um, councils, reading councils, social studies councils, you not only better yourself and your craft, but you bring all these resources back to the students, your customers, and as I call them, my children, so I become the better educator. It's a benefit for both of us. Now, balancing life <laughs> in terms of professional life and personal life, uh, it takes it takes talent because <laughs> you have to have good uh, time management. You have to love everything you do because sometimes you're sacrificing personal time for yourself for all the professional and the things you do for family. There are a lot of things coming at teachers. I don't care well the post Okay, so um, one of the biggest challenges for education is oftentimes maybe laws or policies have the best intentions. However, right. once we try to implement them in our school district, that's not the case. It could be that the lack of funding to implement whatever assessments or reading programs etc. Or it could be um, like our teacher evaluation system. Who does not want to get better at what they do professionally? So yes, we should be evaluated to make sure that we are growing. However, should we be punished per se? If we have a year where students may lack or may be deficient in basic skills, Absolutely not. Um, so that's one of the biggest challenges. Um, another is, unfortunately, um, whether you're on the side or not, uh, the rise in charter schools um, is, is changing the makeup of traditional public schools. So in some cases, um, enrollments are so low that schools could face closing um, because the, the charter movement has come back. And of course, it's a type of public schools. And in and, and theory, parents should have choice. We got it. But the cornerstone of a community is the traditional public school. So that is a great challenge also. because they become political at some point. And so um, I will keep this as professional as possible. Uh, being that I do work for the Miami-Dade County Public Schools, um, yes. superintendent supports um, this, this, this new movement. Well, it's not new, but it's a reinvention of like this magnet and choice. 
And this is to show that public schools are quality, that teachers are excellent, and that the students, no matter what their social economic background, have every chance to succeed. So, um, um, it, it, again, it's a touchy subject, so I don't know if I can really elaborate <laughs> that much. But, yeah. Enough say, and we just gotta make sure that we're not running people away. Absolutely. Contributed to now I can't. And I don't know if you heard this on the couple days ago. The teaching academics conference. Well, go ahead, I'm sorry. Okay, so um to make sure I understood? Sure. Okay, so um, are we still, we're still talking about public schools and and maybe graduation weight and opportunities for yep. minorities? Well, mm-hmm. but what we're looking at in the next period, we're talking about Friends who provide 
the times are down. I'm constantly doing that positive energy to make things And that is and commend you for the work you're going to school, commending you when you're um, taking well and doing well with your kids. That's the most important. I one all day and say that's not going with them when it's true. Because she felt like if you didn't have a foundation, you will uh, have, like, so many challenges in life. So mm-hmm. what, what my foundation has provided for me is, like, this positive outlook in life, no matter how, uh, again, I, I, challenges, obstacles, whatever it may have you. So we were uh, raised at a time where church was essential. It was, it was beyond the going to your job. So we went to church almost seven days a week. And um, so with this spiritualness, this, this, this way of thinking, it's always like be kind to, you know, the, the characteristics, the morals were, were set at a very young age. So no matter what life threw at me, I knew that God had my back, you know. So with that ideal, um, you know, there have been challenges. Um, so when I was at Homestead Senior High School, of course, coming from a social economic uh, background that was disadvantaged, I had to work the job. My first job was at, um, my first real job, because I did little odd jobs, was at McDonald's. And I would work <laughs> from probably about five at night until maybe 10 or closing. But baby, I was at my job. I walked to my job every day. I was proud to have my job. And then when I was back at school, I was the cheerleader. I was Miss Popular. Like, it didn't faze me to know that I was I grew up poor or that I, I had at one moment or more so than not a single parent that was raising me. Because I think that if you do well in those ideas, then you, you, you're not um, pushing yourself forward to achieve what you can um, achieve. And then fast forwarding to Miami-Dade College, I, I have to call this young lady out. Her name is Rhonda Davis. Um, I, I I had some situations in my life, and it's very personal, but I would say this much. When you have people like you, Erica, and this young lady, Rhonda, in your life, you know, I broke down crying at uh, Miami Day because I felt like, you know, at that point, I was so overwhelmed, you know. Um, I had the baby. I had situations. And that was the moment where I knew God was with me, but I needed someone physically with me because I just couldn't take it. And she told me, I'm sorry, that... I can't believe I'm getting emotional, and this is like 20 plus years. But um, anyway, um, she said that at my meet day college for a reason. I hadn't stopped all this time, but why stop now? That's right. Moments like that, you have to appreciate people because she didn't have to do that. She could have just watched me drop out of school. She could have said that I'm going to be one of those, how they call it, crabs in the bucket where she's pulling me back because she see she saw that I was at that wall and I wanted to climb over but I just needed that hand to pull me over and she was that hand and so fast forward it's like these moments in life where you know that God put people in your life at the right time so like when I get to FIU 
I'm sure you remember some of the things I went through there. And I could have just said, forget it. You know, I have all these excuses. I can use my life situation. Lord knows I have plenty of them to say, government, take care of me. I, I, I give up. My hand's tied. You threw too much at me at a young age, and I can make excuses. But I did not. And you did not let me make excuses. You're like, girl, no. You have too much to offer. You allowed me to come into your life. You exposed your family to me. You treated me like I was your sister. Let me tell you, if you did not do that, I'm not saying that I can predict what would happen, but I needed that hand again. And so like, hands like that, people don't understand. It's not just about you. It's about you and helping others. And they may not look like you. They may not talk like you, but you should embrace your humility because you never know what door you can open in life to other people. And so I, I, I try to teach that not only to my son, but to the children I teach. Um, we did this Global Citizen Project for the first time this year. And my, my students will tell you, they know about global issues or um, human rights, they know all of this. But when they did the actual research, some of them actually started crying because we were looking at videos of young girls who got married because it was a part of their culture. And it's not that I'm talking negative about the culture because I'm not a part of it, but a child that is nine years old, you're, you're taking away the age of innocence. You're taking away the ability for that child to enjoy life at it, as it should be naturally. And so they, they, they have now opened their hearts and minds to helping others and moving beyond their situations. And so um, I, I can't express enough like um, how social economics don't dictate your future. It does not. And if you have an open mind, if you have an open heart and some type of physical relationship with some belief, it does not have to be in a God because I am not one to force my ideals on you, but you have to believe in something because if you don't, you're going to keep falling and that hand may not be able to reach down to help you because you have to meet that hand halfway. Okay, so school, 
we know I have the degree. It's okay, yeah, <laughs> great. I mean, degrees are great, but they're papers. But as a classroom teacher, let me tell you, um, and these, these young people, they know, because um, I'm a very emotional person. I cannot hide my emotions. And um, as a middle school teacher for 12 years, there was only one year where I was, like, ready to throw in the towel. And uh, my principal, I, I'm sure she doesn't mind, so I'll call her out. Her name is Ms. Caballo. I go to and tell her, I'm like, you know this is a rough year, and I believe that every child can learn. I believe that I can teach and reach every child. Well, I ate those words that year. Um, I didn't give up on the kids in terms of me teaching them, but I just gave up because I didn't understand how I gave them love. I gave them compassion. I gave them humility. And because they had so many layers of, like, um, very negative demeaning on life, because of social economics, I understand that. And then they felt like they were in a place where even though they thought they knew what love is, they actually did not know what it is. Because they're, and they told me their definition of love was um, yelling, insulting, and that's the environment they were raised in. And I'm like, I understand that, and I'm not changing your home environment or your community environment if that's what influenced you. But when you're in my class, know that my love is genuine. No one pays me a paycheck to say, you're my school child and I love you. And they resented for so long. Like, the walls were there. I could not break down the walls. Um, we would do interactive activities. When I finally reached them, because I had cried, I think, more than once. Like, I can't reach these kids. They don't understand. We did this. It was actually a, a project for our, our national union, um, American Federation of Teachers. And basically, I had to do a reflection in classroom of, like, my best practice. And I figured that this class, I chose that class, my rough class. And I was like, well, what I taught before didn't reach them because they didn't connect to me. They didn't trust me. They felt like I was fake or whatever. So I decided to use rap in my classroom. Why did it take me so long to get it? I didn't get it until just then. So I have them to connect civics, being like a, a citizen, you know, active in your community, to a rap. And so particularly these three leaders, I call them, of my classroom, they decided I can take this. You know, this is me. So they took the challenge. They actually did the video. They were proud of the video. And they actually told me they loved me after the video. And I'm here crying because I'm like, this is it. I didn't listen to my customers at the time. They were telling me how to reach them, but I was in this fantasy world that I had to read a book or everything that they put in, in best practices online or at these conferences work for all kids because one size fits all. It does not. You have to know where your kids are coming from. You have to accept where they're coming from because you can't change that automatically. And so when I finally embraced who they really were and tried to spin it on a positive level, I gained their trust and I remained teaching. So, uh, yeah, that was the, the moment that I wanted to throw in a towel, but that towel was, like, taken away and said, you belong here. And they were very disappointed because I didn't teach them for eighth grade U.S. history, but to know that I made that difference, even if it was for a small, short time of my teaching with them, I think that that made a lasting impression. Can you repeat the question? Okay, um, hmm. 
So I've been teaching for 15 years. And um, in the ideal world, you always will teach what you want to teach. So that would have been government. Um, but when you're in a setting, especially like my school, my school is a very small school. So even though I think I know what's best for me, I take two steps back and find out what's best for not only the students, but for the school and home. So um, personally, I think I can teach almost anything as long as I um, have time over the summer to make sure my, my mental state is there and that I have the academic research. Doesn't mean that that makes like all of a difference because I just gave you the example of my seventh grade physics class in 2013. The research did not tell me anything about my students. So um, I just think that you have to have an open mind, um, whether you're an educator, no matter what profession you're in, and you, you just go in there and say that I'm going to give my best because um, you think that this is the best for you, me teaching civics, seventh grade or 12th grade government. But like this year, I'm teaching advanced placement human geography. I love human geography, and I never thought I could love that. So um, sometimes if you want to grow personally, sometimes you got to go with the unknown, and sometimes right. you got to go with the something that may be uncomfortable. Okay, so um, AP Human Geography, was that the question? Um, it's something with the connection, so if I do not answer the, the question on point, I, I do apologize. But oh, you're if, fine. Okay. Um, so I think this may be on terms of, if I'm trying to hear right, is this from when, why did I become a teacher instead of president of the United States? Is it that one or no? Let's try a question. <laughs> junior high and um, I didn't make some good choices as a, a preteen I guess that was preteen like 12 13 teenage and so um, my counselor believe it or not was Max West um, I don't think he has any relations uh, to the West family but we're gonna say he did because uh -huh. he uh, took me under his wing and said listen I see so much in you and um, I think it's time for you to run for student council. Um, so in eighth grade, I ran first for the little home room representative. I was like, whatever. And so I won. Like, it was unanimous. I was like, okay, cool. And then, of course, uh, I decided to run for vice president of Redland Junior High. And um, I won. Yay, my first real election, I guess. And so at that point, I was like, if I can win junior high school <laughs> vice president, I can be president of the United States. Well, you couldn't tell me anything. 
And so um, basically that's kind of what opened my mind to student council, student government. Uh, it stayed with me. Um, at one point I did want to go to law school. Uh, that's why I got my uh, AA in pre-law, but um, you, and um, I was volunteering at the YMCA, and there are several parents there. Uh, I coached cheerleading because I was a cheerleader for Homestead Senior High. I coached softball because I wanted Telly to get into different sports to see because, first of all, sports, to me, it, it develops, like, this strong communication skills between peers, so Telly actually paid uh, softball, football, all these things for YMCA. Um, but it was particularly the cheerleading parents and the softball parents. They're like, hey, you would make an amazing teacher because I take, you know, the time to talk to the child, ask them what they want. When we developed cheers, it was based on what the, the children expected of their coach. So, you know, I listened to them. And then for softball, it was just me just having a good time, being silly, and being a female <laughs> coach at that time. Most most of the parent volunteers for softball were men. And so uh, anybody who knows me, I don't define myself as what society expects of me. I define myself for me. And so these men, they all smile like she won't laugh, and I laugh, and they laugh it off at the end of the season. So uh, that and also your ability to see so much light in me um, opens that door of teaching, and I, I can't see me turning back. Uh, what I would like to happen in my ideal world is uh, become a doctor of education as yourself, but um, earn a doctorate degree in, in um, ed leadership. Uh, I uh -huh. would not mind um, being an administrator um, in the school system. Um, I hope to, if that door does open, never forget that I was a teacher first, because right. oftentimes I hear from my, my colleagues that the administrator forgot how it feels to be a teacher. So if that door is open, um, I think that I would actually would like to still teach a class. If I'm not mistaken, the superintendent of our school system actually does that. Uh, with all the hats that he wears, he does have a class that he teaches to keep him in touch with the customer that matters the most, which is the students. And so, yeah, yeah, that, that's wow. so cool. No more president of the United States uh, between President Obama, uh, George W. Bush. Uh, I think that I've seen them go in so youthful, so handsome, and come out with this. Nothing wrong with salt and pepper hair, but the stress that, that is placed on them because they're responsible for matters of our, our, our great democracy and to be diplomatic in the world and always keep America's interests at heart first. Oh, I could do it, but I like looking great. <laughs> so no, they can have it. <laughs> We have you can hear Is there a caller? Okay, so remember the connection between me and you are not uh it's not that well. Um so I'm I'm hoping that I'm giving you um an understanding of my life. Um yeah. And so um, I know that we have some time remaining. And so I could just, um, I don't know, I can talk about anything that comes to mind because I want to make sure that people leave with the understanding that, um, yes, I have all these things that happened to me. And yes, you can judge me for those things, but 
that's not what you should take away from this whole um, segment on who is Shauna West. What you should take away, no matter what your profession, no matter who you are in life, is how can you pay it forward to take someone with you? And if that person like just succeeds you, like you should be happy that you were a part of that progress, that moment in their life that you know they they made their dreams a reality because you were a part of it. So as I said before, I mentioned some people. Believe me, that's not even the half of it. I don't know if it's a third of it. You know, I'm a part of so many communities, and they all see um, sometimes what I fail to see in myself um, of what life can still have in store for me. You know, uh, I can say all these things that I would like to do, but I don't have complete control of my destiny. The people who I let influence me also have a part of that, and God Almighty does too. So sometimes you also have to accept the fact that what you intend to do is always what will happen and that you smile because you are usually where you need to be at that right moment. And so um, I would like to leave like the last 10 minutes um, to talk about my beautiful kids because oftentimes they're sharing their mom with other children and they know it. Uh, So for Telly, um, who's in Atlanta, uh, I, I wish the best for you. He's a man, but he's still my baby. Don't get it twisted. That's my baby, my first. Um, God, I love him with all my heart because he's seen his mom have nothing. And like, look who I am now, you know. So um, I'm not rich in terms of money because if you define yourself like that, I think that you're going to have so many heartaches in life when that wealth is taken. My wealth is from the love that I have from my family my friends and my community. So to my son, you know, tell you just stay focused because, you know, it's there for you. Your mom did it. You can do it. And for Mr. Shiloh, oh, wow. He's my uh, brainiac. He challenges everything. Um, remember, I was pregnant with him at, when I was in Florida Memorial, right? Like when I was about to graduate, I found out that I was given the gift of another son. Even though I prayed for so many daughters, God just found it fitting to keep giving me son. So um, he just just stay focused because you know you you got it, you got it. Um, all of them took a piece of me. Um, Telly should be the charismatic, whoever, whether he's a politician, businessman. Shiloh is the intellectual. He challenged things. He he he's usually right when he challenged me too. By the way, and then Mr. Ahanu, <laughs> oh my gee, oh. This is my third son. He is like, he's a fighter. I think that he, the fight that I choose not to have because I feel like things are working stuff out, he's not going to be like that. He's like, I'm going to fight because you're going to hear my voice. And yeah, my voice is going to be heard. I fight through pens. Uh, I write. I write to, you know, my politicians. I actually write to uh, my, my public officials, hopefully once a year, to stay in touch with, like, uh, my voice matters. I write to the superintendent once in a while. Social media has helped with that process. So, but Ahani, he's got that spirit, boy. He's going to be something else. And then to you, Dr. Jones, uh, you're not off the hook. Um, I think you, like you said, it's been how many years? <laughs> and that you see me um, do it all. And so uh, I admire you so much. I actually want to write a book, my first book, and um, you've done that. And so hopefully I'll follow in your footsteps because um, you have lightened up the path so that I can follow through. So, yeah. Oh, thank you. LaShonda, 
again, the connection is not the best. So um, I, I I don't know if you're asking me like where I'm like stationary geography maybe. today because of the technical difficulties on my end here in the studio. I'm not sure what was going on. Okay, that sounds good. I think hats off to the family and thank you to all your lovely boys and your You can lock us up out. I'm so proud of all of you, all of your accomplishments. You know what have your actual life. And here's to that doctorate and that book. You're ready to make up the world. Thank you so much for everything you've done for me and my family, and um, I look forward to being back. And happy Easter, everyone.